Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Supreme Court announced on Monday that it will hear a case that could impose new limits on how federal regulators can address climate change and defend environmental rules in court. Conservative justices are using a commercial fishing dispute to tee up the possibility of delivering the final blow to something called Chevron deference. That's a nearly four-decade legal precedent that conservatives have long despised, and it says courts should defer to how federal agencies interpret ambiguous provisions in congressional statutes within reason. For years now, the Chevron doctrine has been a key part of the legal defense for a number of environmental and other rules by both Democratic and Republican administrations. So today, Politico's Alex Guillen on the details of this case and how it could impact the Biden administration's climate agenda. It's Wednesday, May 3rd. So Chevron deference, or it's also known as the Chevron doctrine, is something that came about in a 1984 Supreme Court ruling in a case called Chevron v. Natural Resources Defense Council. What the Supreme Court held back then was that when a statute is ambiguous and an agency takes a regulatory action, the court is supposed to defer to the agency's interpretation of the law as long as it falls within a realm of reasonability. It's not giving agencies a blank check to do whatever they want, but it is saying as long as you have a reasonable basis to support your rulemaking, it'll be upheld. That is what Chevron deference is, and it's been important for the last 40 years for administrations from both parties to justify their rulemakings and support it in court. It's not always a slam dunk for the agencies. They do lose cases sometimes under that doctrine, but it's essentially a cornerstone of administrative law at this point. And in recent years, the high court has taken up a series of cases that seem to spell doom for Chevron, but it hasn't taken that step. So what's different now? That's a great question. And the answer is basically nobody really knows. This has been something that conservatives have been pushing for years. Republicans in Congress 10 years ago were pushing legislation that would essentially overturn Chevron doctrine and prevent the courts from operating that way. Some of the justices have been vocal about wanting to overturn it, Neil Gorsuch and Clarence Thomas, for example. But there hasn't been, to date, broadly demonstrated enough support on the Supreme Court to do that, meaning five votes. There have been a few cases in recent years where the people have asked for the Supreme Court to revisit this doctrine, and they have not. The most recent one was just last year, involved a healthcare rule out of HHS, and a lot of people thought the Supreme Court would use that as an opportunity to go after Chevron, and they didn't even mention it in their ruling. <laughs> now it's it's happening again, and in this case, it's a lawsuit over a rule out of the Commerce Department regarding herring fishing. What happened was they appealed to the Supreme Court on two grounds, and they said, number one, we want to challenge the herring rule, and number two, we want you to overturn Chevron. And the the court said, well, we'll take a look at the overturning Chevron part, but we're not going to touch the herring stuff. So this has purely at this point become a question about Chevron doctrine before the Supreme Court, which taking up the case at this point now is a pretty good indication that the anti-Chevron wing of the court feels that they are confident enough they have five votes to either overturn Chevron or maybe restrict it in some way. Wow. And so how could overturning Chevron impact the Biden administration's climate agenda in particular, which, of course, is planned and is starting to execute on a very expansive regulatory agenda? So Chevron is important for a lot of rulemakings where Congress left wiggle room. 
you know, there are instances in the Clean Air Act and other laws where Congress said we want EPA to regulate in X way this pollutant, this amount by this year. They're very specific sometimes. And there's really not much wiggle room there. But a lot of the time, Congress sort of wrote things broadly. And they said, we're, there's a lot of technical details here. There's a lot of scientific stuff we don't know. We want to leave open-ended power for EPA for future problems that we haven't thought of yet. So we're writing a little bit vaguely, and EPA is going to fill in the details. And that's where Chevron deference comes in, because the agency is going to say, here's how we think the law should be interpreted. So long as they stay within certain bounds, that gives them some wiggle room and some structure. So this is important, particularly in areas like climate change, where the Clean Air Act rarely is specific about EPA's power on greenhouse gases. And so the agency is using decades-old laws in new ways as they're looking to go after greenhouse gases. Right. And so what is your sense of how agencies like the EPA are preparing their rules, whether it's over auto emissions or the power sector, to protect against the possibility that Chevron could be wiped away? That's a great question. And until now, there hadn't been indication that the court was going to do that. So we're going to have to see a few things. Number one, EPA was already working to avoid the major questions doctrine, which the Supreme Court laid out last year in its ruling about EPA's climate authority over power plants. So that's even a bigger question than Chevron. And in fact, it's a more powerful tool for the judiciary when they're doing this. And if they get rid of Chevron deference, that's going to tilt more power toward the judiciary and away from the executive. There's a couple of things we have to look out for here. Number one, how does the court rule exactly? If they just overturn Chevron, that's going to leave a lot of questions about standards of review and how judges should be reviewing this kind of stuff. Maybe the court will issue a new test of some kind for the lower courts to use, since that's where almost all of these sort of decisions happen. You know, Most rules don't make it to the Supreme Court. Most rules are decided in the DC Circuit or in other courts. So we're going to have to watch to see what does the Supreme Court say about this. And then a lot of it will depend on how much statutory authority EPA has versus how much are they using for the first time. Also, on Tuesday, Senator Joe Manchin accused the Biden administration of jeopardizing offshore oil and renewable energy development. During a Senate hearing with Interior Secretary Deb Holland, Manchin said the Interior Department seems to be planning to skip offshore lease sales in 2024. He pointed out that the department has not yet started the environmental impact reviews that are required before it can hold any offshore lease sales that might be scheduled next year, and those reviews would generally take at least a year to conduct. Holland did not directly respond to Manchin's questions on whether the department planned to schedule any lease sales for energy development of any kind, and said the department would comply with the guidelines outlined in the Inflation Reduction Act. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch, and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.